You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Mark Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the roving Farm Bureau studios this morning. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. Home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for, go see your friends at Farm Bureau. And we are in those roving Farm Bureau studios here at Lake Teocata in beautiful Winston County. Charlie, how are you doing this morning? I'm great. Ma'am, too. I appreciate you driving down this morning. No, always a fine opportunity to return to Winston County. You know, I grew up less than a mile from here. I know. And this morning, I was more inclined to think about nostalgia as I drove through Louisville than I was to think about the past couple of days of baseball. (laughs) You know, this past week was the nine-year anniversary of that big tornado that came through Louisville. And uh, some people have seen that picture. I'll, I'll try to tweet that picture later today that, that came across Lake Teocata, just a massive tornado. And so it doesn't seem like it's been that long long ago. And uh, when you start to, speaking of natural disasters, hey, we went on the road this past weekend. So was this, was this natural or man-made? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably more man-made, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. Well, we lost three this past weekend at Tennessee. And uh, here's the thing, Charlie. I was sitting there yesterday, and and we're getting beat. And, and you and I had talked about how this was a weekend where you could possibly see uh, a 10-run rule um, strictly because, you know, we said, hey, we're having a difficult time finding 27 innings for an SEC weekend. And, you know, I said to myself yesterday, I said, self, I said, hey, did you really expect to go to Knoxville and have a lot of success this weekend? Did you expect to win one out of three or two out of three this weekend? We talked about on Friday how we would love to see just one out of three this weekend just to kind of keep yourself competitive. And then I asked myself again, self, why are you okay with this? And have we fallen to the point of acceptance? And, Charlie, to me, here's the thing about it. Is like coming in here today, this is where talking heads on Shock Jock Radio, this is where the ESPN shows, the Stephen A. Smith, this is where sports writers, they feel like they've said it before. So I'm going to try to say something that is as crazy and outlandish as it possibly gets. I'm going to bring the fire and the brimstone because I haven't gone that far yet. That's not who we are. But at the end of the day, when you win eight SEC games last year, you're sitting at six and fifteen right now with nine games to go. This uh, this ain't good. So here's my question, though. There's two things that go on. One are the people who are constantly expressing how upset they are and demanding things have to change. Um, and it's a little bit upsetting that we've gotten to that point. It's not even May, right? It'll <laughs> we hadn't made it to May yet. And we're already trying to do a post-mortem on the season in many ways and uh, consider it done. We still have three weekends of SEC baseball left. That's not enough time to turn around this season. 
particularly when you look at the opponents. The, the games aren't there. Might you make it to Hoover? Yes. But will making it to Hoover make you feel better? I mean, I suppose in the outlandish scenario that you go 8-1, and 7-2, and two, you, you do something crazy. That's not going to happen. So you then start to try to decide where, where are you um, and what's the value? Let me ask you this. Uh, what is the value of finding a way to get to Hoover? And does that do anything for you? Does it make any difference? I think this year, if it were a standalone season, I don't know if it would matter. But following up last year, the way last year happened, when you lose against Missouri and then you lose out the rest of the way, because whether it happened or not, I'm not I'm not saying what went on in the locker room and behind the scenes, to the casual observer is they packed it up and shut it down. To me, if you go one and eight the rest of the way, that kind of gives that thought process again in the off season. Now, if if you can win four go four and five and say you get to Hoover and maybe you win a game at Hoover. At least I can say as a casual observer, this is a team that even though it had some adversity, even though it did not play to potential, that at least it it kind of fought its way to the end. Yeah, at that point, aren't you at least a team that didn't perform as well as it needed to, but you're not a bunch of quitters? Yeah. I mean, isn't there at least so have we got, yeah. I think that's the sad <laughs> thing, right? Is do you really want to be to the point where you say that effort and attitude don't matter? Because I, I think they do. So now that I've thought that through, yeah, it does matter. Now, it's not going to change the need for some underlying change, right? It's not going to eliminate the need for things to improve, but at least maybe you can take that off the table. Yeah, because you know, let's let's state the obvious right here. Pitching and defense are the two main reasons you're you are where you are right now. Now, you let the the offense off the hook? No, not at all. I mean, we had three hits in a game yesterday. But, you know, Drew Beams up there pitching with a eight run lead in the second inning and in our third inning. And so it's it's a little bit easier for him. Yeah, so how about this? We were down nine to one in a baseball game where we had not yet hit through the order. We had guys who had not come to the plate yet, and their first at bat were down 9-1. to one. Well, and we had the recipe early. Four walks, two hits, and both those hits, three runs, home run, three run home runs. And then we give up another three-run home run in the, in the second inning. And in a situation where you're struggling to cover innings on the weekend, we only got combined – nine and two-thirds out of our starters. That doesn't work for this team. No, it doesn't, especially on the back end when you're – and then we come Because you're down dome. Right. I mean, you're already down some guys. Now, overall, it was good to see Landon Gartman come back, and he was able to pitch on, on Friday. And so we play that Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. It does feel kind of weird to come in here this morning and talk about three games. We did the last week on Sunday afternoon. And, hey, by the way, one of the reasons – that I feel a little lethargic this morning, Charlie, is I did not have my Strange Brew coffee. Strange Brew, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship it to you. I've heard uh, several people in the last couple of weeks say, Bart, you know what? I've gone to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and they've sent me some great coffee. They even got a mug. And so they have four locations now, two in Starville, one in Tupelo, and now in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Churning Spoon Ice Cream as well. Strange Brew Coffee House, bringing you our Sunday 
coffee. You know, you look back to a couple of weeks ago, we had like four straight SEC games where we had less than 10 hits. But overall, in the last six SEC games, Charlie, four, we have given up at least 10 runs. And if I told you coming into this weekend that Tyson Harden was going to throw three times the innings as Colby Holcomb, if I had told you that Tyler Davis was going to throw eight times as much as Colby Holcomb, at least in terms of outs, who's going to get that many more outs than Colby Holcomb? What would that have told you if Evan Sieri was going to get three times the outs of Colby Holcomb? Cole Cheatham Ford. You get where I'm going? And and told you that about our starters. This thing didn't add up. It I was, didn't I add would... up in any way. And here's the other thing. We did not pitch Aaron Nixon. I know he pitched on Tuesday, so that probably limits your ability to pitch him on Thursday after pitching twice last weekend. But Aaron Nixon doesn't pitch this weekend until we are already in the process of being 10-run ruled. So you take all that. And I'm surprised we didn't get run ruled more than once. Well, when you look at it that way, so there's your <laughs> half full Bart making an appearance. Um, I I know we can get hung up on who retired people and who got how many hits and all that. I, I think the thing, if you told me, let, let's talk about what you want to see from here. Okay, um, we know what we haven't been seeing. We haven't been seeing pitching and defense, but over the last three weeks of this season. I want to see the following. I want to see a team that will fight. I want to see a team that will stand up for their teammates. And I, this is like the classic old man thing that you say. But, man, I, I really want to see the next time somebody on our field gets trucked, the next time somebody gets pumped, the next time somebody runs their mouth at us, that somebody's getting one in the ribs. Well, and that's not being old, no. know, old man guy. But at some point, you just got to send a message that we're mad as heck and we're not going to take it anymore. So let me ask you this question. And, you know, you, you can st- I talked about a minute ago about Shock Jock Radio, and this is where people start demanding things. And, you know, I'm not sitting here saying personnel changes, but as far as changes to your program – I mean, we've kind of been saying that since opening day of 2022 about when Luke Hancock got trucked over at first base and nobody did anything against Long Beach State. So you look back to this year, and we've had several situa- situations. Now, <clears throat> there is a there's a flip side of that of, you know, the, and here's where I'm going with this. In the Friday game, of course, they throw a ball to first base, and it kind of pulls Hunter Hines toward the, the home plate area. And Christian Moore comes through for Tennessee and throws a little, you know, forearm shiver to to Hunter Hines. Chris Lamonas, to his defense, came out of the dugout and was pretty animated at Jeff Head, the first base umpire, of, hey, that was intentional. What are we doing here? I want to see Chris Lamonas have to come out of the dugout to hold a player. Well, and that's what I was about to say. Not one time. Okay, let's talk about Christian Moore for a minute. Here's a guy that got tossed last weekend when they played at home against Vanderbilt because a Vandy runner came back in hard on his pitcher. And so he runs up to defend the pitcher. That's what I want to see. I don't care if you get tossed out of the ballgame. Just show me something. 
Just just show me that you're willing to fight for a teammate. And so I'll go back to the whole point of we used to have a coach a long time ago, and this was after I played, and we were talking to a college coach, and he was talking about the last thing we do in BP every day is we practice diving back into first base. Not because we know that we may have to do that during the game, but I want my guys to have dirty uniforms. I want every single one of them to have dirty uniforms. I want a blue-collar mentality out there that, hey, I'm not afraid to get dirty. At 10,000 feet, we do not appear to be a blue-collar program. And to, me, and to me, that's the thing that needs to change because you start talking about wearing one. You know, you had a guy that bat flipped when he hit the home run the other night. I didn't think he did it toward our dugout, but anyway, whatever. And I had one guy in a text group say, man, hey, t- I tell you what, when he bats tomorrow, he'd be wearing one in the hip. Then the next guy, and hey, let's put in a guy that, that doesn't pitch a whole lot to do that. And then another guy says, well, if he was aiming at his hip, he may throw a strike. <laughs> Now that's just gratuitous at that point, isn't it? <laughs> um, what if I told you that we were last in the league in getting hit by pitches as hitters? We're first in the league at hitting guys. I'm looking at SEC games only. LSU's been hit by a pitch 42 times. Kentucky's been pit, hit by a pitch 32. South Carolina, 30. And you notice I'm talking about teams who are at or near the top of the league as I do this. Now let's go to the bottom of the league. Here are the people who are last in the league and getting hit by pitches. Ole Miss is 12th. Georgia is 13th. Mississippi State is 14th. This is going to be one of my research projects. I'm going to go back and look and see if winning teams get hit by pitches. Now, I did not, let me be very clear, and I had arguments with him about this. I did not like the the John Cohen approach to getting hit by pitches where you are basically leaning into things. And this isn't – I'm not taking shots at John. This is a philosophical difference. But the thing that I took from what he said was this. As a hitter, we're going to take ownership of the inside part of the plate. And we're not going to let somebody back us off. Are we am, – am is it coincidence to you when I go back talking about it being a blue-collar team? Well, that's what I was about to say. That, to me – 12, 13, and 14. We've been hit ten times – in SEC play, 10 times in 682 at-bats. That we're making up for it by hitting other people. That's the one thing, though. If we were throwing at somebody, you might not know it because we hit a lot of guys anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we are second in the league in hitting opposing hitters at 29. So I, th- this is not – and it sounds like I'm, I'm being critical, and I'm not, because I, I want to say this. Here's what I like about our young guys. Let me, you know, I know hope in the strategy, right? But let me give you some. Who's who are the guys that we see on this roster who have what you and I are talking about? And I'm talking I'm focusing on hitters right now. Freshmen, right? Yeah, I would Dakota say Dakota Jordan, Rashawn, and Ross Highfield, right? I mean, those are three guys who are new guys who I would say in the event of a bench clearing brawl are most likely to be out first. And that's pretty bad to say that it will be your freshman. But that also gives you some hope of where you're going, right? It does. And I go back to the flip side. I was going to say this a minute ago. The flip side of if you have, you know, guys come out of the dugout or challenge the Tennessee dugout the other day, you know, part of you would say, well, hey, you're getting beat. It's hard to challenge people when you're getting beat. But, man, if a guy throws a forearm shiver into my first baseman, 
I mean, we're going to have to peel some people back. You know, I've been told, and I don't know if this is true, but that under prior coaches, if we were upset in softball, it was Tyler Bratton's job to go argue and get thrown out. That like he was the designated guy to get tossed. <laughs> Maybe we need a few guys. You know, in hockey, everybody's got a goon, right? Every team in professional hockey's got that one guy who's going to drop the gloves and fight. Maybe we just need to take one of our guys. And say, look, you're you're not active this weekend, but you're in uniform. And if all else fails, yeah, go out there and go out there and start. <laughs> <laughs> you're our guy. And look, when you're done, we're going to disavow any knowledge of this. You're on your own, brother. What we can do is we can have everybody circle up at practice. And whoever wins the board, you know, you used to play the, you have the board in football, you know. And whoever wins the board drill, there's your designated guy. You've got to peel him back. You know who my designated guy is, Bart? Who's that? Chris Keen. Oh. Over at Cannon Ford. Hey, How about that? there's a guy that could whip you on the board right there. I saw Chris on that board drill. You know what the board drill is, right? You know, you put a, a tube of 12 down, right, and it's pretty much one-on-one, and you cannot step across the board with two feet. you got to keep one foot on one side, the other on the other, and you try to drive against one guy. It's just one-on-one, mano-a-mano, mano-a-mano, whatever you want to say, tomato-tomato. But Chris Keene was great at that. Chris Keene over at Cannon Ford of Startville. If you're in the market for a new or used car, go by and see your friends at Cannon Ford. If you need a spray and bed liner, if a bird threw, flew through the front grill of your truck and you need something on the body shop. That sounds, sounds very familiar. Suspiciously anecdotal. Yesterday, I was driving on Highway 14 between Goodman and Kosciuszko, and there was like a possum in the road. All right, and I'm just driving through there, and I see the said possum up there, and I'm like, all right, there's a possum up there. There's no car coming. I'll try to move over a little bit, get out of the way. And just as I get like 10 feet from said possum, a hawk comes flying in to eat the possum, and he ate the front grill of my truck. And so knocked out the grill. So what I have to do on Monday, can't afford to start. We'll go to the body shop. There you go. Spray in bed liners, new tires, Cannon Ford, they do it right. All right, Bart, nothing in the midweek this week. We've got Arkansas Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You'll be gone on Friday. I will not be there on Friday. Your and this is graduates. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Charlie. It is not me disavowing my love for the university or me stepping away because so I'm you're frustrated. on this season is what ha- what's now, happening. I, have, I am not quitting on this season. My daughter, my oldest daughter, graduates from high school Friday night. And so Charlie Winfield and Matt Wyatt will have the broadcast of Mississippi State and the Arkansas Razorbacks. And somebody else will have Saturday. Then you and I will be back together on Sunday. Not a a lot of games, not a lot of midweek, only two midweek games left. You've got Memphis and North Alabama. And just looking at the home schedule, okay, you've got three against Arkansas, one against Memphis, so there's four and then you got Ford in the season. So eight more home games all coming in the month of May. But Arkansas, Texas A&M, the SEC opponents, LSU, the road trip in the middle. And if you look around the league right now, you start to look at standings in the league. Vanderbilt sits atop at 15-5. and five. Didn't see that coming when you saw their batting average coming into league play. That's a team that's been playing well and maybe was made better by that schedule they played early. 
They've also been made better, I would say, by the fact that hadn't played a lot of road games. 21-5 and five at home, only 10 games on the road this season. But Vanderbilt atop the league, LSU just a half game back. They're at 14-5. and five. They'll have a chance to complete the sweep against Alabama today. So, Hey, let me ask you this. You, you talked about Vanderbilt being good at home. They're 21-5 and five at home. You look at Kentucky, they're 20 and 4 at home, 10 and 8 on the road. Tennessee is 28 and 4 at home. South Carolina 24 and 3. Arkansas 28 and 3. LSU 24 and 5. Mississippi State meanwhile 15 and 9 at home. It's our home crowd's fault. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the pressures. <laughs> the boys. Oh boy. Well, okay, so you do have a chance to make Hoover. Missouri is 5-15 and 15 after dropping the first two this weekend on the road at Florida. Ole Miss has split this weekend with Georgia. Ole Miss is now 4-16 and 16 in the SEC. We are 6-15. and 15. Missouri 5-15, and 15, so we're a half game ahead of Missouri right now. They play later today against the Florida Gators in game three of that series down in Gainesville. So, we are still ahead right now. And Ole Miss and Missouri have got to play. And that's next weekend in Columbia, Missouri. You want to fly up there on our day off on Saturday? You Go. know, maybe I'll just tune in and catch that one on the plus. <laughs> so, it will be interesting to see next weekend. We've got Arkansas coming in. What's the crowd going to be like? And I expect we'll have a good crowd. That's the one thing, man, you've got to say – and I've complained about it in some other sports at times, but our baseball crowds are there. I mean, our baseball crowds, and you can say, hey, it's because the outfield. I don't care what it's because of. We we have supported this program as fans, and we filled it up. Of course, there's some other reasons to fill it up next weekend when you're in Starville. We have the Starville Derby. Did you know about this? No, I didn't. Yeah, we got two things going on to to make note of. The Starville Derby on Saturday, Coach Chris Jans will be out there, a number of players. It's a wiener dog race. What? Yeah, raising money for the local animal shelter. Can you bet on the wiener dogs? So, uh, I'm certain. um, I'm certain you can find some action on that if you need to. So, you have wiener dogs racing, and then apparently there's a non-wiener division where they will dress up like wiener dogs. I have questions. Okay, in a greyhound race, you have the rabbit that makes the dogs chase the rabbit. Is there anything that is making the said dogs race other than just turning them out of a box? I don't know if it's just love for the sport. Okay, have you ever heard of the crab races at the Neshoba County Fair? Our good friend Terry Powell and the fine folks at Two Brothers. Terry Powell has the crab races where they put the, uh, the the crabs in the middle of the circle and whoever gets out of the circle first wins, and they bet on it. And they, I mean, they do all kind of crazy stuff with the, with the crab races. Do you get to live if you're that crab? Probably not. Okay. Because I don't think of anywhere in Neshoba County that can go back to his natural habitat. Okay. Well, just well, you talk about questions. Crab racing in Philadelphia, that's one that uh Yeah, okay. Me. So we got wiener dog races in Startville next weekend. Yeah, and you've also got Cinco Fest coming up. That'll be over near Uno Moss. They've got some live music. I don't know if it's Paxton P or Paxton Pay, whoever he is. He's pretty good. I've heard good things. He'll be providing some live music. Then uh, the one that you were listening to as we came in, Lady Gun. 
I yeah. think you had that on your iPod. Then Take 12 will be there. But it's a Cinco Fest block party. And it's a legit deal, by the way. That's on May 5th. Where's this at? Uh, just outside of Uno Moss. You're going to have tacos, games, karaoke, and crawfish. I don't think I've ever seen tacos and crawfish kind of headline an event, but that's what you're going to have. So that's in the Cotton, Cotton District. You know, Uno Moss means one more in Spanish. There you go. What that's was that's the, about uh, what all was I the know. boxing match. It was Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran, the No Moss fight. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah, where Roberto Duran, no moss, wouldn't go out there. <laughs> and then I think they had one, Uno Moss. I was a big Sugar Ray Leonard fan as a kid. You and know, then, boxing used to be something. Yeah, boxing used to be legitimate. You had like, Sugar Ray Leonard. Everybody in the world knew who the heavyweight champion was back in the day. Lennox Lewis. And to me, I think that's when it all went south, is when Lennox Lewis was fighting somebody. It may have been Riddick Bowe. And the guy that you, that you knew lost actually won. And it's like, all right, this is rigged. This is fixed. And boxing's never been the same. Of course, you know, the guys that made boxing were Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali. Jim Lampley was pretty good, too. Yeah, Lampley. But but the it was tough. You know, back in the, wild, the wide world of sports days, you know, you always had Cosell. You had the Muhammad Ali. Of course, later in his career, Ali just kept going too long, and Cosell kind of – Almost you could hear him kind of turning against boxing a little bit. There was the great line that Muhammad Ali was becoming an advertisement for the abolition of the very sport he attempts to propagate. Okay, so that's what we could do is we could have a boxing match within the team, and whoever wins the boxing match is the guy that gets to fight. Just take game. the lineup card out. I mean, basically, what, <laughs> we'll get prizes. <laughs> you, know, you want to bat lead off? You make the order. Our own maroon memories. so all right here tell me what you want to see next weekend we've got arkansas coming in aren't we past at this point saying we need to win a series and we got to take two out of three shouldn't our issue right now be more fundamental i mean don't we have to compete before we start we competed what in one game really yeah we we had to come back in that one to make it competitive well we were ahead big in the game we got beat 12 days we're ahead seven to one yeah i like to forget about that Hey, if you're looking for positives, and, I mean, we're stretching for positives this morning, the positive is that Tyler Davis, you've been hearing so much about Tyler Davis in the offseason, and Tyler has had a tough time missing some bats. But I thought he mixed up his pitches well. I thought he threw strikes. He was ahead. That was the big thing. He was getting hit early in the year because he was always 2-0-3-1. I thought this past weekend, maybe that's the light bulb moment for Tyler Davis because we need another left-handed guy out of the pen. Cole Cheatham. I mean, those are two left-handed guys out of the bullpen, not just for this year. And, hey, I know we had the Nate Dome situation last weekend and came back on Monday and they're saying, hey, it's not as bad as you think. Here's where that is good. And, of course, unless you're studying the obvious, you don't want a guy, to, of course, to go under Tommy John. But Stone Simmons and Brooks Auger last year went through this during the season. If that's a UCL situation last week with Nate Dome, you're thinking about next year. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's and so that is that is some positive uh, news if you're looking to stretch and find anything positive. Mershon has played pretty good at the top of the lineup. He's been pretty solid at shortstop as well. So those are some positives too. But just going forward, I want to see a bunch of fastballs. I'm going back to our point on Friday. We saw it with Eric Nixon on Tuesday night. We saw it the other night with 
some guys coming out of the bullpen. We spin a lot of breaking balls. We spin a lot of breaking balls, especially with our bullpen. I want to see ground outs and double plays. I want to see a two-seam fastball down and a ground ball, but that's not who we are. But I'd love to see it. Well, at this point, might as well try something. We've got an open uh, midweek. Let's learn to throw one. Um, look, we, we're the worst team in the league at turning double plays. We're we're not, you know, what's the old thing? The double play is the pitcher's best friend, and we haven't given them any. And, look, we, we've been critical of our pitching staff at times, and rightly so. But they've had to extend at times because we defended so poorly behind them. Can I pile on a minute about the non-blue collar? You start talking about double plays. We've had a couple situations this year where if you slide directly into the bag and kind of impede the second baseman, they probably don't turn a double play. We've peeled off late several times. I understand in today's game you do some peeling off now instead of sliding in the bag. But that kind of goes back to me to that that mentality. You're not advocating the Ty Cobb. No. Come in, spikes up kind of thing. The Will Clark against Ozzie Smith. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Or was that Ozzie Smith or Vince Coleman that he came sliding in with? It was one of the two, and it started just a massive fight. Google that one. Will Clark, Ozzie Smith fight. That was good. That was when baseball was blue collar right there. Oh, man. Well, well. hey, uh, thanks to our good friends at Tracks Plus. Go to TracksPlus.com for all heavy machinery, new or used. It all started down in Hickory, Mississippi. It came to start with Columbus and then in – Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, now Bessemer, Alabama as well. New or used heavy equipment, Saney excavators and mini excavators. You can't go wrong with our friends at Trax Plus. Go to TraxPlus.com. And also on Friday, we talked about Heartland Catfish, the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly want. Over in the Mississippi Delta, they service great restaurants around the south. And one of those restaurant chains, the Shrimp Basket in Alabama, Florida, and Mississippi, down on the Florida Panhandle, southern Mrs., uh, southern Alabama. And so Heartland Catfish, when you go to the shrimp basket, you want to get that uh, grilled catfish or the fried catfish along with that great shrimp. It all comes from our good friends at Heartland Catfish. All right, Charlie, anything else for the good of the cause? You know, I wish I could muster up the energy. I think, I think the only thing I'm trying to convince myself of and I believe it, it's just tough to get the emotional energy to get some oomph behind it, is that we need to win some games on the way in. It is real easy to say it doesn't matter anymore. The season is lost. To some degree, the season is lost. We will not live up to the expectations that we have for this program. But I would just like to see us not mail it in from here. I'd like to see some fight. I'd like to see something to build on. I would like to see us be able to say when this thing is over, hey, over the last month you started to see why we can be good next year. It's because Dakota Jordan continued to play well. It's because Hyzak got some at-bats and we saw some things out of him. It's because Ross Highfield was coming around with the bat defensively. It's because Mershon was showing that he could be that leadoff guy. It's because we are seeing, hey, you know what, as this calendar rolls into next year, Lowe is going to give us a guy who can pitch on the weekend and do well. That we're, that we're seeing, hey, Nixon has been really good, and we miss that. That's what I want to see. I want to see us be able to say this is a team – that had a ton of trouble but started to figure it out. That's what I want to see. 
And to me, it's not baby steps. We got to get this thing turned around in a hurry. Yeah, we do. And I mean, it's it's going to take some nil. I mean, we have a chance to. That's the great thing about right now, compared to five years ago. You can turn this thing around in a heartbeat. Yeah, and I want to be clear. NIL didn't cause what we're seeing. Look, I mean, if you start to look around the league, the teams that are heavily invested in NIL, they're doing really well. We just hadn't played them yet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's part of the problem. You, I guess you played one this past weekend. But LSU, who is, I think, most identified as being, you know, kind of steering into the skid on that one, um, they're still out there. So NIL didn't cause it. NIL, though, is what can help fix it. In college sports in general right now, a turnaround doesn't have to be five years. You know, we always, you think of football coaches come in, they got a five-year plan. We don't need a five-year plan. We need a five-month plan. <laughs> you know, we need a plan of what we're going to get done here by August. And so not even five months. But it, we now live in a world where you can be attractive to people. Maybe that's one of the reasons that's important for us to win some games coming on in is because when you go sit down, there are going to be a ton of players in the transfer portal and some good ones. And I'm kind of convinced in all sports right now that one of the mistakes people make is reaching down. And there are exceptions to this, but trying to reach down too many levels of play yeah. and saying, hey, this guy can pitch at this level. But there are going to be guys who can if you can go get them. Isn't it easier to sell them if you have two things? One, some NIL opportunities, but two, hey, this was a team that was getting it together. This is a team with some good young bats. This is a team that you got a chance to come in here and be a Friday night guy. Because even if everybody comes back on this team, don't you think you still need a Friday night I mean, guy? How much different would this season be if you had a Paul Skeens? You'd still have your flaws, don't get me wrong. But what if I told you that you're going to take up eight of those innings at an elite level every weekend? Changes everything. I mean, one one Friday night guy, one DeBose, one Mahalam, one of the one of the old time guys, right? One B.J. Wallace, any of those things, a Bobby Reed, who can tie up innings on a Friday, or just a Kendall Graveman, small. All right, so that's <laughs> you and I were texting last night with a friend of ours uh, who who is a coach, and that to me, I think Kendall, boy, we could do a, a very long show on this, but I will just say this. There was a time when we recruited guys because they could pitch and we taught them to throw hard. It just feels like we right now are maybe a little too velocity heavy and not enough pitching heavy. And what I would give for a Kendall Graven, because that guy gave you a couple of things. Number one, he gave you the ability to get ground ball outs. Hey, he's the guy you'd have to peel out of the dugout with a forearm shiver to your first baseman. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody somebody would get the tower buzzed. Oh, yeah. And, and what's crazy is when you heard Kendall talk, there's nothing of that that comes out in his No, voice. I mean. There's no talk. There's no macho. It's just a drop-the-gloves-and-fight kind of guy, though. That's the type of guy I want. A guy, when you step between the lines, his mentality changes. And when he hits you, he's going to walk over and pray over you. I mean, he's, <laughs> I mean, he's a hope good – I hope you get better. I hope you get better. I didn't mean that. I meant that for us. So. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> well. So, that to me, though, is why it's important that we not quit and it's important why we get things uh, together down the stretch and it's why these last 10, 11, 12 games matter. 
And that's uh, our Sunday coffee this morning. Hey, I enjoyed it, Charlie. Hmm. Appreciate you driving down. I'm going to go in here and get some coffee from Lake Teocata. I enjoy coming to Lake Teocata. I do, too. You know, this place, as I told you, a lot of nostalgia here for me. The chocolate pie, by the way, is a big player. Strawberry to me. I know. Some people, and they're both good. Coconut's pretty good, too. Walking in here, the breakfast buffet was going. Yeah. But the lunch buffet will be cranking up here momentarily. Yep. Well, hey, appreciate it as always. Thanks to our good friends at uh, Strange Brew Coffee House. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. We're in the roving Farm Bureau studios this morning. Tracks Plus, now with their five locations, go to tracksplus.com. Cannon Ford of Startwell, the Greater Startwell Development Partnership. If you're making your plans to come to Startwell, go to startwell.org. Heartland Catfish, you can get that great Heartland Catfish at the Shrimp Basket Restaurants in Alabama, Florida, and Mississippi. And then our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.